Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There was people wearing jester hats and replica shirts. There was me looking like I'd stepped out of bloody football factory or whatever. That's fine, you know. You wish. Hello and welcome to Reminding You Why You Love Football, a weekly podcast from Monday Isle magazine. If you don't know Monday Isle, we started life as a quarterly magazine. We've made some award-winning documentaries. We once beat deluded Brendan to a, a, a coveted social award. Done a bit of this, bit of that, events, merchandise, and we're very much enjoying doing this weekly show. So if it's your first time, we hope you enjoy it. And if you've been before, thank you very much for coming back. Joining me today... As ever, it seems at the moment, Seb White, Mundial co-founder, wearing a very fetching dark blue 2010 Argentina shirt. That being the World Cup, Diego Maradona was manager and selected, on reflection, what was a fucking insane squad. Um, <laughs> didn't take any fullbacks, if I remember rightly, but he looked great. He did look Hair good. Hair slicked, grey beard, Beard. suits. Um, and him and Messi together, which was probably... I'd love to know what Messi really thought. But anyway, this is an intro, not me banging on about Maradona. <laughs> also here, James Bird, wearing a even more fetching Peru 2018 Sash World Cup kit. My favourite kit of the 2018 <laughs> World Cup, maybe, would be that Peru shirt. But yeah, James Bird, Mundial Features Editor. And not here today, producer Tommy Stewart. Although he won't be on it by the time you listen to this, he's gone on a stag do as the best man and Tommy is two and a half years sober so we wish him the best of luck watching other people get twatted <laughs> fair play to him for going I think as someone who also doesn't drink anymore in fact James when you have a stag do I just won't come <laughs> I will do something else with you I'll take you out for a really nice meal or something but I, I won't be going that's okay because that's okay I just really wanted to squeeze in with Tommy the Pep Guardiola we cannot replace him. <laughs> we cannot. No, the seat, the seat is empty. The seat is very much empty, yeah. No, none of his big chuckles. No, Tears, exactly. chuckles. I, I quite regularly will just be walking down the street and think in my, in my head of Pep crying to the camera, just going, we cannot replace him. <laughs> we cannot. And three months later, buying Erling Haaland. <laughs> I think you might have replaced him. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> should we get on with the episode? Yeah, 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 yeah. We support these now. One of the oldest and most popular Mundial social verticals. Uh, pretty simple. We will pick something or someone from football teams to speed skating teams to Ben Stokes to the Indian cricket team to all sorts of um, individuals and teams and organisations and weird things that we support that day or that week for something they've done, which has made us laugh, made us cry. Today, we support these now, James Bird. This week, Mundial supports Claudio Ranieri. Now, for someone my age, like the first time you come across Claudio Ranieri is obviously at Chelsea with... The, the Tinker Man. The, the Tinker Man and mm. sort of... I can still remember from that period, never mind what he achieved or what he did with a squad of very weird players, just the media laughing at him, basically. Laughing at him for his English, laughing at him for the way mm. he sort of looks and holds himself. And then sort of 
you know, does his time there, comes back to Leicester City in the Premier League and obviously constructs one of the greatest sporting feats of all time. And the one thing I remember about that is so many people saying, oh, the players didn't listen to him anyway. They just carried on doing what Nigel Pearson did. I think... That's, um, that, that's not exactly true. The stories were that he wanted to come in and change the way they defended, which the players were happy with because they shipped a lot of goals into Pearson. But what they wanted to do was continue the counter-attacking style with, with Vardy and Mahrez. Why are we supporting him? Well, we're supporting him because he went back to Cagliari, who were in Serie B. He was their manager 88 to 91, I think, and got them consecutive promotions from Serie C to Serie B, then Serie B to Serie A. He's got Cagliari promoted again. And so give, give us the backstory. Was he there at the beginning of the season? What happened? Did he did he go in in January? He he joined mid season. You know, I think what the, for me what this story is about is a man. There isn't enough wholesome things in football. There are brilliant mm. things. There are crazy things. There are angry things. You know, we love Jose for his outbursts. We love Pep for his eccentricities. We I don't love, love Pep in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> we we love me nor Jose. You we, can put the clip out of this. We I don't mind Jose. I think Pep Guardiola is a Hall of Fame bell end, <laughs> and I'm happy for that to be put out. But the point being is. Cagliari represents something that is a little bit different to most of the people that you see in and around professional football on a daily basis, on social media that you meet. He is a very cuddly, elderly Italian man who Dino Zoff called him Il, Ro Il Romano Inglese, which is the English Roman because of how sort of reserved he was. God, I'd have never got that. <laughs> Those Duolingo lessons are paying off. I wish they were, mate. <laughs> Fucking wish they were. You didn't but... even give it any swas. Yeah. <laughs> Roman Iglesi. Dominic de Coco. <laughs> really put the music into it. So yeah, no, another last minute goal. There've been a lot of last minute goals towards the back end of this season. To see him be serenaded in front of the Cagliari fans, to be see him picked up by the Cagliari players. I just thought it was a wonderful moment for a man who I see constantly maintaining his dignity whereas a lot of people lose their dignity I think yeah that's a good that is a very good point and he's had he's had a bit of a batshit career really yeah. both as a player and a manager I mean if you haven't seen it go and look for the Panini of him at Roma in 1973 he is it's beautiful. He looks like something out of a Fellini, but the eyes also yeah. show the junior Tinker Man. Yeah, absolutely. He's really thinking, <laughs> he's scanning, scanning past the camera. He looks a bit, you know, he looks unhinged. However, he didn't have a great time of it at uh, Roma as a player, but he, but he moved on and he, and he forged a career. But with his managerial career, for all the highs, and there have been loads mm. of highs, and, you know, going in at Napoli, still a relatively young manager, and having to deal with the loss of Maradona, who'd been suspended, bringing Zola through, yep. and giving, you know, Maradona was doing a lot with Zola in, in training and mm. helping him with his free kick technique and all that, but Ranieri gave him the shirt and put him in. Maradona said, didn't he, about when he was leaving Napoli? He said that everyone's asking where the hell we're going to get a new number 10 from and who that's going to be and who, who my replacement is. And he said, you've... We've already got him. We've already got him. Frank Zola. He is obviously a good manager, but yeah. obviously players need to buy into what he's saying. And it would seem sometimes players have just gone, nope. With, with Ranieri, obviously when you go through the te the clubs that he's managed, there's a lot of sort of mishits, Greece being one of them. Obviously more recently, the walking coffin of Watford 
where mm. managers go to die. Fortunately, he didn't. Walking die. coffin. <laughs> Interesting. It, but even, it could maybe even, be a Django. Have you, are you aware of the Django films? Not the, the Tarantino one, but the actual, when, the oeuvre of Django's from the 60s, B-Westerns and all that. Oh, I'm not, mm. no. You know, the, the most famous one was Django the Bastard, and he walks around dragging a coffin on his back. Right. Well, not on his back, but he's got like it chained to him and yeah. walks around with it. And that's where Tarantino got the inspiration to do a Django film. Ah. Django the Bastard. The Django Hornets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good. Very good. Yeah. I like that. Um, but even, even more recently, like he went to Sam Doyle. Troy Django Weenie. Yeah. <laughs> no. Anyway, moving on. Almost. He did go back to Sam. He went back, yeah. went back to Sam when they were yep. bo- bottom of the table yeah. and he saved them from relegation that year. And then I think they finished ninth the year after. Yeah. So for all of the sort of, oh, he's just a, you know, a wholesome guy, a kind man. I know that like when he came to London and when he went back to Leicester, I think his wife is an antiques dealer and she had a little setup somewhere in Portobello Road, I believe. A competitor of Dickinson. Yeah. <laughs> Bloody hell. Bloody hell. <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> My um, favourite meme. <laughs> but the, he, you know, he for, for the fact that he's never managed a club, I don't think, longer than two and a half years, there must be something that he does with the players that means that they play well, at least for a short period of time. Mm. And, and it's the same It's the same reason that it doesn't work behind two and a half years, years mm. because it's built on endless repetition, like a lot of the Italian managers of the day. And after a time, players get sick of it. There's that wonderful moment when last year when they when Leicester played against Roma and the whole ground yeah. serenaded him and you can see the moment on camera when he realises that they're singing his name and he sort of looks around. You can see that one moment when he goes, oh my God, they're singing my name and he stands up and waves at uh, both sides. So we support Claudio Ranieri now. I think two final facts to, to seal why, why we support him is his daughter's called Claudia Ranieri. Yeah. Is she? <laughs> so I would imagine if he'd have had a son, it would have been Claudio. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. That's and good. he got Bocelli on the pitch at Leicester. Great. Yeah. But also, when Leicester won the league, he was back in Italy having lunch with his then 96-year-old mother. He went back, didn't he? Instead of watching the Chelsea Spurs yeah. match, I think it was. I think they drew 0-0. I didn't know that. That's cool. <laughs> that is so, yeah, a resounding, we support Claudio Ranieri now. Yeah. Good one, James. I enjoyed that. Dilly ding, dilly dong. <laughs> Ruined it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking ruined it. I knew he was going to say it. I knew desperate. you wouldn't be able to get away without saying it. <laughs> Limbs. We've all seen them. We've all been in them. We've all uh, been under a pile of your mates or on top of a pile of your mates at the f- at football games when goals have gone in. You've done them in your living room. You've done them on trains. You've done them everywhere. Um, you've celebrated a goal and ended up in a pile of arms and legs and... This is another one of our regular feature, limbs. And we're over to Sebwa again, who, as I said last week, has some of the world's biggest limbs. And I'm going to keep on saying that if he keeps on choosing limbs for himself. One of the greatest things in life is to see Seb dancing, arms windmilling. And he was also once known as at one Glastonbury as the Somerset Bez. (laughs) After the uh, Happy Mondays dancer and uh, Maracas player. So, Seb, firstly, game, year, What's on the line? And then we can get to the moment. 2007. Yeovil Town, little old Yeovil, are in the League One playoffs. The first leg, they've lost 2-0 to Nottingham Forest at home, semi-final. First leg, we've lost 2-0 at at home to Forest. Obviously, the game should be done and dusted. We're going to the city ground, you know, the home of twice European champion Brian Clough. Little old Yeovil should have absolutely no chance. And you're going for the day out, really, at this point. Oh, we're, this is we're... this is the highest we've ever been. Highest position we've ever been. Biggest game, arguably, in our history. It's a playoff semi-final. 
Against the tricky trees. Against uh, Nottingham Forest. We, why wouldn't you go? And we, yeah, we all packed in our mates Vauxhall Corsa up to, up to the city ground. More in hope than expectation for sure. But you never know with football, Dean, especially you never know with the playoffs. Where's the bloody scrumpy, Derek? Yeah. <laughs> it was um, It also, a 2-0 deficit had never been overturned in the second leg before. So the, the fact, playoffs? What yeah, a yeah. fucking stat that is. We don't yeah. need stat mandate, yeah. do we? Yeah. That is since, obviously... <laughs> we might. Yeah, yeah, we might. But so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might. Anyway, we, we get off to a fan... I think we just, the players just go out, and speaking to the players ever since, since that game, the players just went out with no fear. And they literally went out of no fear. Go up 1-0. And then Nottingham Forest equalised in the second half. We need Back to 0-0. Nil, nil. Yeah. And then... You are now... You still need two goals at this point. Yeah. And then we get another one. And then, probably... Last 10 minutes, we're going in thinking, well, we've got a chance. At least we've got a chance. And you never know. We need a goal to equalise to take it into extra time. OK, right. So we're, the clock is ticking down. The clock is ticking. And we're then they're, they're attacking the end that we're at in the city, set at the city ground. Andy Lindegaard, Yeovil boy, runs down the wing. This is when, honestly, people talk about goals going in slow motion. This is always, I always replay this in slow motion in my mind. Because even then, I saw Andy Lindegaard, local boy, loft the ball into the box. Now, we had Marcus Stewart at the time, 36-year-old Marcus Stewart, who was fantastic. And only a few years away from scoring a lot of goals in the Premier League for Ipswich, right? Oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. He shouldn't be playing for Yeovil at League Even at League One, he was far too good. And as you can see it, and as the ball arcs across, we're right behind that goal. And I can see Marcus Stewart just priming himself in position. And I, it, it, honestly, I, even now, I got goosebumps talking about it. And Marcus Stewart, of all the players you wanted to be in that situation, it was Marcus Stewart, but still he got a score. And he, he nestles it into the corner. And I reckon I'm about 10 feet because I'm on the front what, row. Head, foot? F- header, just... Brilliant. Just just a textbook right in the corner. The keeper's got no chance. And again, the ball goes over the line in slow motion. I'm about 10, 15 yards away because we were on the front row of the Yeovil fans. And I'm not lying. I'm, you know, we, we joke about me having the biggest limbs. I jump up in the air. I jump so high that I go over the seat, so high and forward, I go over the seat in front of me where there, there were some flags. <laughs> and just, it's almost like, yeah, I just jump into the air and fall onto these flags. And it's pandemonium. I've never felt anything like it. I've never felt the rush, the buzz. Everyone talks about, you know, celebrating a goal, but this was just next level. My mates are grabbing me, trying to pull me back. Stewards come rushing over because they think I'm going to try and jump on the pitch. And, uh, and you might. And I might. I, 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 honestly, my body... Uh, are just gone. I, my body and mind had just gone. Would you say um, if you could bottle that feeling, it'd go on Amazon? Yeah, <laughs> Re- yeah, Rio, yeah, yeah. To, to coin, a, to coin an abominable saying from a to coin a phrase that doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, from a, from a terrible broadcast of, a, of of one of the biggest games of the season. Anyway, oh. and Stewie's just, I would say, ten yards. Just, and this is a man who scored goals all over the place, and it it means the it means the fucking world to him as well as 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 the I think it was like eleven hundred Yeovil fans that had travelled up. And there's a, there's some pictures of it, and it is. It's just the limbs. You know, Yeovil was a bit sleepy. It is a bit reserved. But that was when f- we just went, every single person, you know, whether you were in a jester, there was people wearing jester hats and replica shirts. There was me looking like I'd stepped out of bloody football factory or whatever. That's fine, you know. You wish. There was my mates out of... There was my mates all wearing old retro Yeovil shirts. It was just pandemonium. And the picture a, a is amazing. A gigantic game of Somerset Twister. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. It was just... I don't... I haven't celebrated a goal like that since. 
or maybe the England Kieran Trippy one that I spoke about, to be fair, because that was just disbelief. But this, for pure emotion, seeing little old Yeovil equalise at the home of twice champions, take it to extra time. Yeah, but let's not forget it. This is the club that, um, you know, you went to with your dad and your granddad as a yeah. four, five, six-year-old. Yeah, and now yeah. you're an adult and you're seeing them go higher than they've ever gone. And they go on to win the game. Right? Yeah, exactly. So we go on and win. Yeah, yeah. At that point, Forest are dead. They've, they've, just, they're on the floor. It's like, well, these, these fuckers aren't giving up. So, and then we go an extra time and score two. And I think we end up winning five two in the end. And then you go and get promoted. No, we don't. That's oh, the right. thing. We lose the game. We lose the playoff final. But so what? It was a gutter. Don't get me wrong. On the day, but we were like, yeah, but it doesn't matter, does it? We're talking it, about that now. It, it can't separate you away from the, the, you no, know, no, the, no. the brilliant moment in the semi final. Right? Exactly. It didn't make on it. Yeah, I was gutted, of course. But we've always had Forest. We'll always have that. And and we still talk about it. There was the anniversary was recently, obviously, and and pitch, people were putting pictures up again, and it's just it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing to remember. This yeah. goal is how I met Seb. Yes, exactly. You were yeah. there as well, were you? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I wasn't there. No, but about four, three, four years later, I was editing a website, a now defunct website called Sabotage Times, which was um, R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah, Brilliant. which was started by James Brown, who who did Loaded and, and and Jack, and it was a great website. And even more so, he managed to convince people to write for it for nothing, which uh, which was which was the masterstroke. But it was a great strapline as well. We can't concentrate, so um, so why should you? But there was writing on everything, and we had a series called The Greatest Goal I Ever Saw, and and, and Seb sent one in and that was my first experience of, um, <laughs> of putting apostrophes and commas in Seb's writing and you know at the time probably one I didn't want to repeat but yeah and I wrote for Stand I wrote for Stand yeah and then and, and then, then here we are now exactly we got Owen on board for Monday Hour yeah. and the rest is very much history but an incredible goal and it, I can't not um, mention the fact that Marcus Stewart has got MN, MND now and it's really for, obviously it's horrible and sad for him and his family but he's doing so much to raise awareness he's always talking about it he's playing you know he's, played, he's had charity games he's getting all the players that he's played with over the years to, to sort of promote MN, MND and, and charities and the like so it's really really sad um, obviously uh, anyone that has that illness and but someone who was, who meant so much to so many people. You know, he's a legend at Bristol Rovers. He's a legend at Huddersfield. He's well, obviously, a legend at Yeovil. And yeah, obviously, um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a crying shame that. Yeah, the, the 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 former first team skipper of the cricket club I play for, who's the same age as me, James Baldock, was recently diagnosed with it as well. 45, 44, 45. Three kids in a step or four kids. There's a few fundraising things going on locally as well. Four of the lads who I played cricket with are doing the Three Peaks Challenge and there's various other things and people are yeah. sponsoring um, five fours and, and, and hundreds and things like that just to support the family and also to support MN, MND as well. So, yeah. Yeah, one of the things that there needs to be a lot more research into. If anyone's listening or has been affected by it or would um, like to help out, there's there's various ways you can go and support uh, MND and we'll probably put a link in we'll the we'll, we'll put a link in the show description as well. But yeah, Marcus Stewart, thank you very much for the best moment of my life. Mundial joins the dots for football culture. And that's not a boast by us, but the words of an actual subscriber in our most recent reader survey. Why not see what they're on about and have a look at Mundial Magazine. 100 pages of global football magic released four times a year. It looks great, smells great and the writing isn't bad either. Go to mundialmag.com or follow the link in the show description to find out more. Adventures in Clubland. Indian summers, loans and last chance saloons. The chance for us to unpick stories from players' careers where they... Had a lot of fun. Doesn't have to be the, the thing they're most known for, but um, sometimes it might. But this week, I'm going to talk about Rude Hullet. 
Now, anyone who knows me or know anyone who doesn't, I love Rude Hlet. I've loved him since in the 1988 European Cup final, not the European Cup final, the Euros final. I saw a, a man who looked unlike many people I'd ever seen before, actually, growing up in a small town in, in Shropshire, with his dreadlocks and his moustache and his, his regal air on the pitch. I saw him score that header past Renat Dasev and watched his hair, his dreadlocks explode like fireworks. And I was sort of obsessed with him from then. And, and then that Milan team became a bit of an obsession. But the and thing is with Hullet, I think... And I know I said this about Baggio as well, but I think even more so with Hullet. Because of his reputation in this country from the whole sexy football stuff, it's almost gone past who he was as a footballer, which is an absolute crying shame. Mm. Because there's, there's, I could talk about every one of his adventures mm. in clubland. From starting out at Harlem as a young sweeper, a club that's now defunct. I've been to Harlem. It's a, a lovely place, and I've been to the ground there as well. But Harlem is now defunct. But from there, he went to Feyenoord. Played with Johan Cruyff and won the League and Cup double in Cruyff's uh, season of revenge there against Ajax and, and, and played up front. He then went to PSV. Final fans hated him for it, called him a wolf, but he went there and went back to back Eredivisies. And then he went to Milan, obviously, two European Cups. Ballon d'Or winner, dedicated his Ballon d'Or to Nelson Mandela when mm. Mandela was still imprisoned in Robben Island. A little trip to Sampdoria, out of nowhere, really. He'd had some injuries and Went there, led them, led them to a Coppa Italia, and Sampdoria don't win a lot of, of trophies. No. But then he came to Chelsea. Now, it, the impact of, of Rude Hullet, even one who'd been a little bit injured for a couple of years, he's in international exile at the time. Uh, him and Dick Advocar had finally fallen out. Like Rude Hullet only got 66 caps for Holland. There's players now <laughs> getting 100 caps for everything. But yeah. He only managed to get six, 66 caps. Um, still the only Dutch men's captain to lift international silverware. Mm. You know, no one else managed it. And you think of all the players they've had. But he turns up at Chelsea, a young Glenn Hoddle, very progressive and forward-thinking coach at the time, gets Hullet in. Um, and Hoddle was a huge reason for Hullet to come because he 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 admired him as a player growing up. And, and Hoddle had sort of been playing sweeper himself for Swindon before this as player manager and still absolutely running the show. And anyway, he brings Rude in and sticks him uh, as sweeper. And it's sort of... Hullet looked imperious from the off, but... There's a, there's a brilliant quote about this time when he said, I'd, I'd, I'd get hold of the ball, I'd open out, I'd make space and I'd roll a pass five yards in front of the right back, but the right back wouldn't get there. And he said, Glenn said to him, I know why you're trying to do it. They don't. <laughs> so it's probably better you do those things in midfield because we we're conceding goals. And he went into midfield and it seemed, it was a real blink and you'll miss it time because he ended up as manager very quickly. Mm. Yeah. But in his time as a player, I got lucky to... When he made the team of the season, he was second yeah. in the Players Player of the Year or the Football Writers to, to Cantona. And I got lucky that I went to see him. And I went to Villa Park on Boxing Day. It must have been 96. Might have been 95, but I'm sure it was 96. And I went with my uncle, uh, who's a Villa fan, sat in the Holt End. I had the fucking Ace King Jack Queen and all the other clubs in the pack. Mother, father, sister, brother of all hangovers. It was my first... <laughs> Christmas um, as a working man. Then I was working in a factory cutting steel in the Midlands. And I was, I, you know, I had the, the good old British traditional absolute week on the piss running up to Christmas, you know, at Christmas Eve, <laughs> out Christmas night to the whole, t to Villa Park on Boxing Day. Throat would hardly work, like just in, in all sorts. But I had to go and see Rude Hunnett play. And that's the reason I went. And there's a period in the game and the ball swirled up in the air and Hullet sort of steps out from the base of midfield just kills it dead and 
in the blink of an eye, hit this fucking raking pass, curved and swerved over the top of the, the Villa defence for Zola to run onto. Zola takes it round the keeper and scores. And I stood up automatically. I didn't, I, it was a complete automatic. And I just stood up and clapped like that. <laughs> and if you've never, if you've ever been to Villa Park or sat in the Halton, <laughs> at the time it was, I think it was the biggest goal end stand in Europe. It's gigantic. I think it was, yeah. The Halton is fucking yeah, big yeah, yeah. stand. Yeah, it's a big it stand. And I stood up and clapped and sort of my uncle's like tugged me like that. Yeah. And it felt like there was 15,000 uh, Brummies wanting to kill me. Yeah. There probably were. Th- there were. Yeah. And I was like, but there was no, no, no. There wasn't much no. Christmas cheer on no. the show. <laughs> yeah, Villa were a good team at the time as well, but I. They um, Chelsea beat them, but he, God Almighty, what a footballer Rude Hull it was. I, it, if you go on his wiki, the, it says position, forward, defender, mm-hmm. midfielder, and he played. He was he played all three positions with a plum and won things playing all positions and was the best player either in the league or the team or Europe. Yeah. While he was playing in those positions, six foot three, like, but his technical level was as high as any player I've ever seen. He you. He's a coach, you know, a walking coaching manual of how to play football. And he, but the fact he could do it in three positions, and you know, second striker, centre midfielder, number ten, you know, and sweep. I just, he was, yeah, I, I, he's incredibly special footballer. One people should go back and watch a bit more of. One yes. we have tried to get hold of to interview for various <laughs> things on more than one occasion. Someone who sort of learnt from Cruyff and then has gone and passed that on. And you know, he didn't work as a manager. Doesn't mean it has to, but as a player, regal. I think yeah. that. Regal is a very good word to use about the things that I've seen Rude Hullet do, but I'm always infatuated with players who play in more than one position throughout their career. So not so much like Rooney dropping in it, like as, as his legs go, but players who sort of can do it from the off. And did it. And, 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 did, and it. did it. Wolves, yeah. Wolves had a player called Neil Emblem. <laughs> It's rude hullet to Neil Emblem. Yeah. I wasn't expecting yeah. that. Who, who I, I, I saw play both centre-half and striker for Wolves. On, on a number of occasions. Just... Of, of all the mad things you've said over the years, <laughs> as a segue from, yeah. from, from Rude Hullet... Scored goals, saved goals. ...to Neil Emblem. First time it's been done, I'm sure. But yeah, it, it, I think Owen's per- right, though. The manager thing clouds... clouds. The sexy football and, yeah, the, and, and the fallout with Alan Shearer. Because he falls out of Alan Shearer, it's like... So what? This man was just... And again, Owen, I go back to the header, like you said, the head, the head 88, I mean... Every single time. I know everyone loves a Van Basten goal, but the fucking header is just... A, I mean, look, it, it's not that it's as good a goal. No, but or, the direct... No, but it, it's, I think it, it's, it's the emphaticness of the header. I don't think anyone has ever headed the ball like that. Yeah. And that might be because of the dreadlocks are flowing as well, but it's just like a cartoon. I Honestly, I don't think I've seen... You know, back then, obviously 88, and then, you know, what he did at Milan, Sampdoria. I, I just think, yeah, it's definitely one of those players that you should... if you thinking, oh, I know him as a manager, I know him as the guy who didn't pick Shearer. Just spend some time on YouTube and watch this this brilliant, brilliant player. Well, he was probably, I would say, and I've been watching football a long time now, he's the most complete footballer of, of my lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's... what I, Most complete. Most I, Can do absolutely everything. Like I don't think yeah. Can do absolutely everything, most most complete. Doesn't mean he's the best, but, but, but certainly most complete. Best mid... I would... Best midfielder of the eighties, I'd say, which was a, a well, it was a world record transfer fee when he went to Milan, wasn't it? You know, he wasn't yeah, it was it, huge, brilliant. Go and watch him on YouTube, please, and yeah. try and catch Neil Emblem <laughs> having a pop. Yeah, watch a supercut of Rude Hollett. Yeah, then watch a supercut of Neil Emblem. 
they won't. then understand what I have to fucking deal with on a daily basis. <laughs> there, there won't be a supercut near London. Well, no, there'll we'll, just be a, a cut. There'll yeah. be a cut. Brilliant. Collectible football shite, sometimes off eBay, sometimes not off eBay, is something we used to do in the magazine and we're now reinvigorating for the podcast. Uh, born of a love of the type of shit and 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 non-shit that only football can deliver, really. We all know there's tat knocking around, from rattles to lunchboxes to cigarette trading cards to all sorts. But James Bird with, I wouldn't say this is tat this week, but um, James, let's hold it up to the camera first. Well, And I'd like you to introduce the product in your hands now. Okay, this product is a Palace and Adidas official ball, uh, a take on the Adidas Tango ball that was released in 2017. And, well, one of the reasons I've brought this in is because it can't all be 120-year-old cigarette cards. <laughs> So I thought I'd bring it into this century, at least. But the reason I put this in is because it came out in 2017. He's we... just had a go at you there, Seth. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I was, I wouldn't I let him. T- if, I wouldn't let him talk to me like that. But you do you anyway. <laughs> the reason that I, the reason that I've brought this in is because really it's the only sort of hype beastie type object that I've ever bought. That's and not true. What What did I buy? You bought those um, trainers that were two sizes too small. Oh, God, yeah, the... Adidas and... Uh, Alexander Wang. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah, and then couldn't sell them, but yeah. kept them just I in I think case. that might have been the same week as this. Um, <laughs> I think it was. I think it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were trying to reinvent yourself very briefly. You well, might have had an argument with Matilda and you were looking to, you know, looking to change it up a little bit, be a new type of birdo for a week. It happens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it has to happen. Yeah. You don't want the same bird all the time, bloody hell. Anyway, the reason that the reason that I've bought this in and the reason Chance would be a fine thing. The, You're a different one every fucking day. <laughs> Dan says I have a different face every day, which I, I think is quite True. funny. Anyway, the reason that I've bought this is because it was came out in 2017, which was the crux of where fashion was sort of hijacking football. You had the 2018 World Cup a year later, which was in Russia, and obviously all of the sort of uh, design influences and the amazing sort of Soviet aesthetics were coming through and the fashion world was really sort of jumping on that. So you had stuff like Gosha Rubczynski and Adidas on the catwalk with high fashion. You had uh, the off-white mm. stuff coming through where you had the Nike Mercurials and it said like knit in speech marks on the boot. Monday Allen YMC. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But the point is, is that this came out at a time where those two worlds were really colliding and it was going to go one of two ways, which was stuff was going to be either complete shit and a hijack or stuff was going to be a bit interesting. This is obviously one of the the greatest footballs of all time. And it's the only palace object that I own as well. But I just thought it was wicked and I overuse most things. I ruin most of the things that I buy because yeah, I'll, I'll buy a new pair of trainers and I'll wear them every day and they get trashed. Well, the cardigan's but, gone now, isn't it? The cardigan, RIP. No. Yeah. Well, I've just, I wore it for 10 days straight, Seb. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and it hasn't rained for three weeks. So. Yeah. But I just wanted something, an object that I thought was nice to have on my shelf and also as sort of, yeah, a momentum of that time where I was sort of properly coming into my career in football and stuff was going a bit mad between fashion and yeah, and, and the game. And I think that it sort of continued to escalate from there in various bad and brilliant ways but i thought that having this football was a good sort of memento of the time a good memento of yeah the time. It, is, it is nice there's no doubt about it i thought when you got it 
I said, have you blagged that? Fair play. And you went, no, I've paid for it. And I went, yeah. fucking mental. But looking at it now, and I'm similar to you. I mean, I don't keep many, you know, I don't keep many things. I've got a, a, a few Monday-related things. The British Podcast Award thing we won, that will always be cherished. And the, the, the one from New York. And I've got a few of the bits, but I'm not, I more hoard shit than I yeah. do good things. Yeah, 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 um, and I've given a lot of stuff away over the years as well, because you sort of want to share the stuff. And, you know, lots of, we get sent free stuff and, and give it away. But it's a great ball. It, is. it It really is. And I always like Palace. And I think I had one Palace T-shirt, because it reminded me of an old raving one. It was the one with the smiley face on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I wore for a bit and then shrunk and gave to Zach. I realised I was probably a bit too old for it, which is, we've all got to do sometimes in our lives. But I like it because it's, and I like them, Palace, because I thought their, their copywriting was always brilliant with their products. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was my favourite thing about them. I thought their tone of voice was was, was great. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> when, we were in, when we were in Austin, which we've talked about before, if no one knows, Monday I went to Austin and did something with the club. Matt Sellers, our videographer who was there, we got some impromptu tattoos after coming off stage and... And Matt pointed to one. I said, I like that. And I said, Matt, that's the Palace Triferg. <laughs> you can't have that back. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> and I sort of wish I'd let him. Oh, man, that would have been amazing. To be honest. Also, if anyone knows um, Ellie Mengham from, from Copper 90, great bloke, great presenter, excitable, gigantic pain in the arse. I'm sure he won't mind me saying that. But big lover of international football. Big lover of international <laughs> football. And Huge. a lovely, lovely fella. He once managed to buy quite a rare Palace hoodie off him for 20 quid because it had a stain on it that he couldn't get out. And I took it home <laughs> and just washed it once. <laughs> 40 degree quick wash. <laughs> washed it once, gave it to Zach and sent him a picture of it. And he tried to get more money out of me for it. It was only tea. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> brilliant. I do a, remember that. He just spilled a cup of tea on He it. was furious, wasn't he? He might, he might have been living in the office at that time, though, which didn't have a washing machine. He probably was. This is a, a great thing you've brought on, James. Adidas Tango yeah. is unquestionably the greatest um, football of all time. And this is a worthy partner and, um, and you know, a worthy place in the canon of good footballs. And I'm glad you haven't done what you've done in every game of football I've ever seen you do, which is in the warm-up, Kicked a ball into the fucking canal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every every time I've ever played with you. Yeah. Oh, it's gone again. Yeah, yeah. Or if I turn up late, where's Birdo? He's in he the school got... looking for a ball. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. funny because every time I play football and pe- lads are like, "Oh, can you? Has anyone got a spare ball? They can bring. Has anyone got a spare ball?" I look at that on the shelf and go, Ugh. "You're good. No, you're good I'll to keep, keep it, it like that. I'll keep you're good. It. That's brilliant, James. I love it. And the Palace the Juventus stuff was great as well. Yeah. I mean, they've done a lot of good stuff, but that that's certainly up there. It was. It was, was really good. Palace Juve stuff. Well, yeah, it was. That was the, probably their best football apart from... That, that sick release video, didn't they? Yeah, the... someone thought um, we designed that. Yeah, I know. They did, didn't they? Someone yeah. messaged me and said, have you guys designed that Palace Juve collaboration? I just wanted to say yes. For <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would have been yeah. good. Yeah, we have. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Step yeah. in, I'll show you the sketches yeah. if you want. <laughs> Are you looking to join a club? Well... How about Club Mundial? It's what we call our subscriber offering. And it's the best club in the world, we think. For only £10 a quarter, you get the magazine through your door, a tidy little membership card, 20% off all Mundial merchandise and discounts at classic football shirts, all press espresso, art of football and Percival menswear. What more do you want? You also get priority access to events, subscriber-only merchandise and a weekly Club Mundial newsletter. Go to mundialmag.com We'll follow the link in the description to subscribe today. We'll see you at the bar. Hi. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We are delving into the Mundell archive now. Um, we'll see how this works. This could be a one-off segment or it could be a regular, but we've got 26, 25, 26 back issues of the magazine with some great stuff in and we've sold out of all our back issues apart from the latest few. So if you've never if you've never read the mag or never heard of the mag or weren't around when we were releasing the early issues, then this is a chance to dip into some of our favourite stories. And I've got a short one for today. Uh, and this is by a writer, Daniel Austin. Not only is he a really good writer and a really good lad, Liverpool fan, after the, de- the debacle and the way the F- Liverpool fans were treated in Paris in the final against Madrid a couple of years ago, he sort of became one of the leading uh, opponents to to the bullshit that was spouted from, from UEFA. He ended up on, on French TV and some of the work he did was highly, highly important and he refused to stop saying it. And it was it was not a pleasure to see because the reasons that got us there were obviously pretty pretty, mm. pretty worrying. But just to see someone like Dan take it up and and not back down and and, and you know and keep on ensuring that that the that what the what had happened was highlighted and that could hopefully never happen again, I thought was great. And that's not really the reason for choosing it. It's just there's two reasons for choosing it. A, this amazing illustration. The, the, it's entitled "When Degsy Met Leo." What this really is is about the time Dirk Kite marked uh, Lionel Messi out of a World Cup semi-final game. <laughs> but the illustration by an illustrator called the Plankton. Can't remember his real name. Don't think he has one. Maybe he's just called the Plankton, and it's got no O in it. But yeah, Plankton, wherever you are, we love you. It is Dirk Kite as a kraken. Um, with tentacles coming out everywhere and a very small Lionel Messi looking at it. And I'm going to read the article to you because it's short enough that I think I can. Yeah. Um, When Degsy met Leo, words Daniel Austin, illustration Plankton. Stand first. I'd like to say this wasn't me who wrote it, but I think I was probably having a bad day at the time. Louis van Gaal gets a lot wrong, but this was a master stroke from the man with a head like a bread bin. (laughs) I think that was you that wrote that, yeah. Brazil's World Cup 2014 had everything. Great kits, underdog success stories, crying children, that old man in the crowd with the moustache who tried to eat his own novelty World Cup hat when Germany handed Brazil's arse to them. (laughs) Volleys. It had players like Thomas Muller, the world's best bad player, James Rodriguez, a man who reinvented the word James and we all just nodded along, and Luis Suarez. These would have you sneaking peeks at vines on your phone in the office and making you shout fucking hell dead loud. It was ace. But... Most importantly, it had Dirk Kite marking Lionel Messi out of a game in the semi-final. On a scorching summer's eve in Sao Paulo, Louis van Gaal made the seemingly inexplicable decision to play Kite as part of a five-man defence faced by Ezekiel Levetsi, Gonzalo Higayane and beautiful peak Leo Messi. Now Dirk, brackets, see also Derek Degsy, had forged his career as a poacher at Feyenoord before Rafa Benitez converted him to a right-winger at Liverpool. His monastic dedication to fucking a goal in at the back post with his own face endeared him to fans not usually so keen on players who couldn't trap a bag of cement. 
He played on the right of midfield in the 2010 World Cup final for Holland, scored a goal as centre-forward in the 2007 Champions League final for Liverpool and, remarkably, at this point, had only failed to break double figures twice in the last 18 seasons. But his finest hour? That was here at left wing-back. Prior to this tournament, he had never played a defensive role. Maybe Van Gaal wanted experience in a backline made up of younger players or recognised that Kite's attempts to control a football were practically long-distance clearances anyway. Or perhaps, as one Liverpool supporter's banner put it, he did so because Dirk Kite works hard. <laughs> Whatever the reason, it worked. Kite began on the right side of the rear guard, but after half-time was moved to the left, right opposite Messi. At the time, it felt a bit like when you used to tell the fattest kid in your year to mark the lad who sometimes played for Blackburn's under-15s. Yet, no matter how many times he tried, the Argentine could not find a way through. Dirk made 13 tackles and ran more than any of his teammates. As the match went to extra time, you assumed that Kite's ageing legs would surely succumb to Messi's ludicrous ability at some stage. That Kite's soft pink legs would atrophy and buckle like an old tree. But after 38 forward runs in two whole hours of football, Messi could not manage a single touch in the Dutch penalty area. No matter what he tried, one man stood in the way. Dirk. He may have looked like a melted mannequin by the time the penalty shootout rolled around, <laughs> but with a score at 3-1 in favour of Argentina and with no margin for error, up stepped Degsy to coolly send Sergio Romero the wrong way. It was beautiful. It was never in doubt. Alas, next up, Maxi Rodriguez, who crashed his effort past... Jasper Killerson and sealed a place in the final for Argentina. Granted, the game is probably more memorable for Javier Mascherano's block to stop Arjen Robben's goal in which the Barcelona man ripped his own arsehole to bits. <laughs> Fair enough, mate. But let's be clear. Kite's effort in strangling the ability out of the indisputably most talented little bloke to ever play the game far usurps that or any other performance as the greatest commitment to defending you, I, Yadar or any of our grandchildren will ever see on a football pitch. Now... There are people out there who'll scoff at praise for such a performance. Fuck off, they'll retort. Why are you made up that some aged yard dog has managed to kick the world's best player out of the game <laughs> on the world's biggest stage? It would have been well better if Messi had rainbow-flicked it round Kite, done an elastico chop to beat Ron Vlaar, and then chipped the ball over the onrushing Sillison with a rabona. These, or those insipid gobshites, are wrong and should stuck to FIFA Street on PS2 and wanking over futsal <laughs> highlight compilations. <laughs> But while Messi's gifts will cement themselves in the annals of history, we should salute the dedication of those not-so-gifted. Players who work hard, dead hard, and whose dedication to Snide is undaunted on the biggest stage of all. Mascherano <laughs> tore his own anus to shreds in dedication that fine hot day, and I don't care. Dirk's will to win will live on forever. It's very good. What a, what a piece that is. Danny Austin, what a guy. What it's a great. guy. It's great. What a guy. I, I love those games where a single player is tasked with a very, very specific job and fucking everyone who's watching and everyone who's playing knows what their job is and they excel at it. Yeah. Some good stuff in the in the front section of that, Mag. There was this piece, Lead Belly and the Gas, and Why Bristol Rovers sing um, Good Night Irene. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good Night Irene, yeah. I'll see a piece you by, in my dream. A piece by Robert Gavin on Wayne Rooney, which I think Dan just rewrote. Sorry, Gav. <laughs> Some shit as well in this, actually, looking at it. Oh, also, me on Rude Hullet again. Oh, look yeah, look at that. Not another one. Not yeah. another one. There we are, issue six, June 2016. Seven years ago from when we were recording this. Seems like three lifetimes ago, 
A lot has happened since. I've grown more hair. Seb's lost his. Uh... <laughs> very much so. Yeah, 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 and continuing to do so, which is very worrying. Um, well, as mine continues to grow, yeah, it does. It like, a, like a Grim Brothers fable. And on the front cover, obviously, a player who's now oh god, front yeah. cover, Johnny Stones. Now, when we fucking put him on the cover, yeah, he was still an Everton player, although he did tell us off off the record that he was probably going to go to City to play with Pep. Um, yeah, our mate David Priest did the interview because he. Precy, he was at Barnsley when John Stones made his debut in the reserves as a 16-year-old, and he um, he said just the dedication he showed that day, he knew he'd be all right. He crashed into a post and nearly knocked himself out tackling. Yeah, but yeah, it was a it was a, a good piece. However, he went to the Euros and didn't play a minute. Um, Not a minute. No, and we had we we sent issues all around the country and world as we normally do, and we had more come back from Scotland than we sent up there because he was in an England kit on the front cover. Yeah, yeah I mean, my favourite John Stones moment personally. Beyond the beyond the headers, beyond 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 Pep Guardiola going, I know he has is. more personality than every yeah. single one of him. More bulge yeah. is him and Raheem Sterling sat in the changing rooms after a game, and Raheem goes, "Go on, tell him, John, yeah. tell him," and John Stones just goes, "Wagwan General, what a Guan General, what a Guan General," and, and Raheem, Stones. Raheem Sterling just goes, "General Stones." Yeah. I haven't seen that. It's. I think James says to me about once every two weeks. It's. It's as. It's as good as it gets. Oh, I've, as yeah. good as it gets. One of the one of the nicest guys in football as well. We've had, we've done worked with him a couple of times since as well. Yeah, fully well, deserved. John Stones. A, nice. A, a good man. Enjoying this podcast, but not really ready to subscribe to a print magazine. Well, you need the Mundell Gateway drug. Why not sign up to our weekly newsletter? You'll get exclusive writing, discounts, recommendations and some really, really random references. Follow the newsletter link in the show description and see what you're missing out on. Right, Tommy isn't here this week. We cannot replace him. We cannot replace him, but... I've got what I think is a really good question, if you don't mind me slipping it in. You're definitely not slipping it in, but you can ask a quiz question. Oh, Christ. You're desperate for okay. it. Okay, yeah, go on. We spoke about Zola today. We spoke about Ranieri, who's an Italian manager, but who is the only Italian footballer to win the Premier League? Oh, that's a good one, James. It is a good one. Oh, my God. No. no I'm going through in my head and trying to... Yeah. I'm the only Italian footballer to win the Premier League. Bloody... And look at the two of these drowning. No. Fumbling around in the You're dark. not including managers. Italian players. No. <laughs> Wasn't Kaziragi, was it? <laughs> Seems like we can replace Tommy Stewart. Well, no, with the quiz he, questions. He, well, we can't really because you've done a completely different quiz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than who played that, which is what we'll do the table on. So this is just freestyle. The only Italian football. Uh, to win honestly, I'm stumped. In the Premier League. Oh, um, <laughs> Macarena, whatever his name is, from Man United. <laughs> no. Oh, for fuck's sake. Mario Balotelli. Correct. Ah, oh, of course it is. Three points for that, Tommy, please. On the league. Ins and outs. Ins and outs. Stolen from the seminal, iconic Liverpool-based fanzine, uh, The End, uh, edited by uh, the farm lead singer, Peter Hooten. Seb still can't believe he didn't get Balotelli. But yeah, ins and outs. So we're going to fly through these. You're going to say, tell them why in as quick a time as possible. James, 
in. In this week, Jack Grealish for his very doe-eyed, childlike Birmingham lad on the piss antics over the past three days. Yeah, his interview after the after the game when he said, I just love football mm. and I've worked for this all my life. How anyone could um, begrudge him a few days on the on the sesh before turning up uh, at England training and probably been given a saline drip. <laughs> yeah, Appar- apparently uh, Diaz passed on the message, didn't he? Apparently Diaz had texted him saying, Jack, are you going to be okay to go and play for England? <laughs> he said, oh, I'm going to be sound, mate. I'm sound now. Well, and- have you seen that picture of Carl Walker and someone else? It looks like the, when they're carrying him out. Yeah. Yes. Uh, on, onto the plane, and, isn't and, it? And you, onto the plane. He's clearly asleep. Well, yeah. you know you know what the person at the hotel desk <laughs> brought out for, didn't they? What? At the, the, what, the hotel in Ibiza. Wheelchair? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. A very quick segue here is... Um, <laughs> On my honeymoon in Tokyo, I was wheeled through the lobby of the Conrad Hilton. Only time they've ever used a wheelchair. Um, They had to drag me out the back of a taxi. My wife and my brother's fault. My brother was uh, going back to New Zealand and came on our honeymoon. Yeah, we had a long night. God. Started in a Filipino karaoke bar. Ended up in what we thought was a gentleman's club, but turned out to be um, a house of ill repute. Um, We managed to get out there alive and yeah next thing I know I woke up and um, you'd won the Champions League <laughs> I said to I said I dropped, turned to my wife and said good night wouldn't it she said um, you best have a look on Facebook love and there it was me being wheeled through the uh, it, 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 it is fucking hell it pops up every now and again oh and we won't go talk about it now. We'll save it for another time. But Owen once wheeled me through JFK Airport in, oh, in God, a wheelchair did, yeah. as well. So yeah, I did. But that is that, yeah. So I'm the only one to not have been wheeled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wheelchair so. through an airport. In. Right, Seb. In. Danny Dyer. The video of him talking about all the West Ham fans singing that song is just brilliant. The West Ham fans singing a song that are basically yeah about his daughter having having sex, which I think is brilliant. But it Bowen, might... Bow, Bowen's on fire and yeah, he's shagging he's Danny shagging. Dyer. I just. I, but it, <laughs> oh. the best bit, of, well, not the best worst bit of the video is David Moyes is dancing to it, and I think he's singing as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But it reminded me of Danny Dyer, and I've read his autobiography. I think he's great. I like him. That twat uh, clip of him calling David Cameron a twat on social media is one of the best. Trotters up. Where is he? Trotters up. But I will urge everyone to go and watch Danny Dyer in international football rivalries where he's in Argentina and he's in the um, home end at Independiente versus Racing. It is incredible. (laughs) It's one of the best moments to tell you. But it reminded me last week of the video to him talking about that song, reminding me of just what a fucking good bloke he is. And there's not enough of them these days. I got lost in a very brief wormhole of um, Danny and Danny Dyer's podcast the other day. <laughs> Have you seen it? The two of them chatting? I'm fully aware of it. It it's, was it was it, on the it was on the Spotify original roster with Giant. We were we yes. were we were stable mates for a bit. We James. were stable mates technically, yeah. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love Danny love Danny Dyer a long, long time ago in a in a pre Mundial career. I uh, met him. And we interviewed him. Yeah, I liked him. He's exactly as you'd expect. Um, we don't need to talk about his Who Do You Think You Are, one of the greatest hours of oh, TV. Forget but we that, should yeah. end that by saying Danny Dyer, Keiko Bako, on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Trotters up, in. Brilliant. I'm going to very quickly put, because no one can challenge me on this, I'm going to very quickly put iced espressos in 
this week. I've been seeing, I've been ordering iced Americanos and seeing the amount of cold water and thinking, I don't want watered down coffee. So I was at home the other day. I've got a new espresso machine after a while without one because uh, we murdered the last one. Me and Mrs. Owen, uh, chain and espressos through COVID. But so decided not to have one. Went, went French press for a bit, thinking we'd just go back with normal coffee. Anyway, wasn't good enough. Bought a new espresso machine, but iced espresso, no cold water in, just a nice little tumbler glass full of ice, double espresso over the top delightful let the ice melt into it as good as it gets do you know nice. what, do you know what they do in puglia in lecce nope they have a drink in... <laughs> <laughs> okay on to outs uh oh what, sorry james you... they have a drink called the lecce and it's really nice it's that it's an espresso with ice cubes and then they pour not almond milk but like almond syrup uh, pure almond and they pour that into it too sweet, too sweet for me it's delicious you've been to you've been to italy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been to it. <laughs> Outs. They were, they were all in. Danny Dyer, Jack. I'm getting quite, you know, I haven't put anything, I haven't said no to anything for a while, but there is time. Out. Seb White. Standing up, going for a piss. What? Short seasons are upon us and can be a bit of a pain. Some of them haven't got zips, so, I, you know, I just like to sit down and chill out for a bit and use the, use the time just to look at my phone. And, but, <laughs> but yeah. Tell, tell the world you've got a wife and daughter without telling the world you've got a wife and daughter. You've been banned from standing up, haven't you? No, I haven't even started. <laughs> no, I haven't been started. No. First they made, first they made, <laughs> first they made you, first they, first they banned you from pooing in the house because of your 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 awful bowels. I just thought I walked into that, haven't I? Yeah. No, generally, it's just it's just nice. Take Holy some time out. We all went around looking so too every, much. Every time you go for a piss now, you sit down. Pr- yes, pretty much. 95% of the time, yeah. Host, host nice. Mike Bannon in the White household. <laughs> Try it, um, honestly. Try it. No, I've had sit-down pisses, but I'm not sure... I, I know, they're good. It's just... I'm not sure I want to ban standing up for a piss. I like standing up for a piss. I pissed on my dog last night accidentally. <laughs> One of the dogs, I pissed on Biggie last night. I went... Well, took, well, took him for, well yeah, I went a bit later, obviously, because it's, it's too warm to, to walk dogs in the day. Of course, All yeah. those people you see walking around with their dogs in the middle of the day in this heat should be locked up, as far as I'm concerned. They don't have their dogs taken off them. However, we went quite late, and um, I got caught short in the woods, just for a piss uh, mm. this time. And he likes to run back and cover my scent very quickly. Oh. <laughs> but he ran back underneath me, so I... I <laughs> Pissed all over him. <laughs> oh, man. oh dear. Yeah, and he doesn't like getting wet. <laughs> He's not waterproof. Being a uh... maybe, maybe it's you that should be locked up. <laughs> I didn't mean to piss on him. <laughs> anyway, standing up, going for a piss. I'm not putting an axe because okay. I enjoy it Fair too enough. much. James, just more international football cropping up. Give it a rest. Give them a rest. Give us a rest. It's it's too that it, there is too much. So are you putting international footballing outs or needless end-of-season charades of international football? Needless end-of-season international. This is still in the wrong order. Needless. Do you know what? International football, after the season's finished, where it's not a tournament, the fucking Nations League, I, I, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Uh... Like, you know... I saw Messi scored that goal against Australia, wasn't it? And and fans going, he's not washed, he's not ready for MLS. Oh, fuck off. Yeah. Just, just give just them a... Shh. Give them a rest. Shh. Give them a rest. I agree. So, yeah, out. More international football is out. Mine, <clears throat> I know something we, I know we've all suffered from in the past. Yeah. yeah. Trapped wind. Uh, 
Back to the toilet. Back to the toilet. <laughs> Trapped gas. Um, the first time I had this, I convinced myself. I had several things. I mean, my kidneys were falling out. I had kidney stones and I had adrenal fatigue, adrenal cancer. But I've pretty much come around to the fact that it might just be uh, trapped wind every yeah. now and again. And if, if you've never had it, the pain... Well, you've both been to A&E with it, haven't you? Yeah, yep, absolutely. All three of us here have been to A&E with, with trapped gas. <laughs> yeah. Haven't you, James? Sat in a box with two 45-year-old men talking about balmy. <laughs> Seb's not 45. Have you been... James, have you been to A&E with yes. trapped wind? Yes no comment. No? no comment. Ah, come on. Yes or no? No comment. I have, and it was one of the funniest moments of my life. And let's just say the the med, the, the medic uh, nurse, shall we say, sorry, to uh, push down a little bit too hard, and it all came out. And it was, yeah, no, no comment. It's like it's like that bit in uh, shooting stars when they're trying to ask Angelos if he's, well, been, if he's all... been hiding in trees, looking at Enrique's <laughs> window again. Have you been doing Very that again? Painful. Have you been doing that again, Angelos? No. The... Have you, Angelos? No. Have you been doing that again, Angelos? No. Have you been in a tree looking at Enrique Johnson? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It's exactly that. Because you told us walking here last week that you had. Yeah. But, um, yeah it's bad. So be careful. Ago. Be careful. Health anxiety yeah. caused by a number of things. Be careful. Yeah, I mean... It, it... Be careful. It's, what, drink more, more water? Make sure you're drinking water? I fucking drink two litres of it a day. Yeah. I've had to buy a load of prunes. It's because you're on oh. Swole Patrol. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. I yeah. eat a lot of fibre, a lot of apples, a lot of bananas. But your diet's changed dramatically. I've had to get on the prunes. No, but I was getting... I had it in December last year before that. Yeah. So prunes, so trapped, prunes. trapped wind, prunes. very, very much in. Yeah, <laughs> cannot come out. I'd it's like very it, good. I'd very like good, James. Very much in. Somehow. Thank you for listening <laughs> to reminding you why you love football and talking about pissing. We have been Mundial, and I've been Owen Blackhurst. He's been James Bird. He's been Seb White. We're enjoying doing this very much. We've got a new issue of Mundial magazine out now. It's the 75 coolest goalkeepers of all time. There's some randoms in there. There's some good ones. There's some bad ones. People are getting very animated about it on social because their favourites aren't in. But um, to that, I say, get your own magazine. But I'm glad it's caused a bit of debate. There's obviously some ones we've missed because we don't know every goalkeeper who's ever existed. Um, but it's a good magazine that we put a lot of hard work into over a long period of time. Looks great, reads great, smells great. So... Get on over to mundalmag.com and have a look. Uh, follow us at mundalmag on Twitter and Instagram. Please, 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 if you're enjoying this show, rate, review and share. We've been really encouraged by the um, number of reviews and ratings on Spotify and similarly on Apple, but we need more. We need to keep pushing it there. Keep pushing us up the, the algorithm so more people can see us. We've recorded this today at Spiritland in King's Cross. Brilliant as ever. Great studio. The video clips are wonderful. A great setup and lovely coffees. Lovely food if you've got time, which we haven't today, unfortunately. Nice one. Really enjoyed that. Take care. Cheers. All the best, everyone. Cheers. All the best. Reminding You Why You Love Football is a Mundial production for Football Co. Original music by Harry Harris, produced by Tommy Stewart and Seb White, hosted by me, Owen Blackhurst, and recorded on the run. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.